You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. We love that you are here today, friend. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. And to be honest, we haven't done too many episodes before with this specific topic. So I am excited to dive all in to sales strategies. Now let's face it, as entrepreneurs, half of our job is marketing, trying to communicate the value of our products or services in a clear, ethical, and a results-generating way. But let's also be real, a lot of us weren't born natural salesmen. Many entrepreneurs start out as creatives or artists who just love something so much they have to share it with others. And let's also just address the elephant in the room. When many of us think of quote-unquote sales, we often get this picture of like a slimy car salesman that just feels so inauthentic in it for themselves and in a way out to get you. Bottom line, sales can just feel straight up overwhelming and intimidating to a lot of us. Like how do we sell with integrity and avoid manipulation while also recognizing the psychological aspect that goes into sales and embracing kind of how the human mind works? And how do we communicate the value of our product or service without coming across as a sleazy car salesman? <laughs> so many tricky questions when it comes to sales. So we are excited to dive into this episode today. We break down seven of our favorite sales strategies that we use regularly in our brands that we believe in and feel aligned with. Grab a notebook, your favorite beverage, and get ready for a nitty gritty biz chat. You ready? Let's go. Let me guess. Right about now, you may feel a little defeated in the productivity department. No matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to cross anything off your to-do list. Your mind is moving a million miles per hour, but focusing on completing one little task feels impossible because of the endless day-to-day distractions. Hey, we are all in the same boat. There are so many distractions in entrepreneurship, let alone life itself. Being productive is an age-old struggle. Now, while it can feel hopeless at times, trying so hard to get everything done, there is hope. You can be more productive and find freedom and more time in your life and stop from spinning your wheels. I am here to tell you it is possible. We are here to help you, which is why Lindsay and I are sharing some of our favorite ways to boost your productivity and find freedom in your workday. Head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash productivity for a freebie on our favorite ways to better manage our time and actually end the day feeling good about what we accomplished. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. I am excited. We are covering seven sales tactics for you today. Uh, I hope this episode is going to be just like a deep dive into marketing psychology 101, which I'm very excited about. Um, because I think this is something that a lot of business owners struggle with and we struggle with uh, like, I mean, this is like the, the lifeblood of trying to get clients, right. Of, of <laughs> or trying to get customers or sale, all the things. Um, so we're going to get into it. So we have seven for you today, seven sales tactics that actually work in nailing down that customer. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Number one is positive encouragement versus scarcity and fear tactics. So there's many ways to sell. 
One of them being, you know, this, this scarcity or, you know, fear of missing out or anything like that. We are big fans of really using positive possibilities to encourage our customers or clients to buy our book. So mm-hmm. for example, we would rather paint a picture of what an entrepreneur's business can look like when they invest in a Heart University course. Like when, when they actually take time to invest in their business and, and dive into some education, they get more free time, bigger impact with their clients, less stress, more revenue versus like the negative side of that of like, if you don't buy, you'll always be stuck or yeah. like you're, you're never going to grow without this course or like, this is the only course like it in the industry and nothing else ever compares. Like, you know, we don't necessarily like, I mean, there's, there's an element where negative fear marketing works for people. Yeah. Because we just don't like it. Yeah. We don't like it. At the end of the day, I feel like both avenues are, are touching on a, a, a emotional, point in someone's life where they're not where they want to be yet, whether it's like in their health or in their wealth or in their relationships or, you know, whatever it is, I feel like there's a, like, that's what, that's what business is. Like it's offering a a thing that solves a, an issue that helps someone get to where they want to go. <laughs> just, just the way you were like communicating, you were like trying to say something so profound and you go, a thing that solves <laughs> an, an, an issue. Like, it's true, like it's true. we got your point. Okay, great, great. And, and, and well, and, and when you are trying to put your offer in the gap between where someone is and where they want to be, you can do so in a positive or a negative way. Like Debbie said, it's as it's called aspirational marketing or positive possibilities. Like you're, you're painting the picture of, Hey, what would it look like to, you know, let's say you're selling, this is a random example, but let's say you're selling, um, uh, like a, a baby carrier for moms that, is unique from anything else in the market. And you're painting the picture of, Hey mom, what would it look like to be able to have both of your hands free and still snuggling with your baby without your back hurting after wearing the baby carrier for 30 minutes, you know, something like that. That's it's painting a positive picture of what her life could look like versus being like, Hey, did you know that if you keep wearing these baby carriers, by the time you're 50, you're going to be like hunched over and like your back's going to be basically broken. Like that's a fear (laughs) tactic that makes the mom go, wait, I don't want to ruin my back or my spine. I have to buy this now. Instead, it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's eliminate that back pain. Cause that's unnecessary for you to be feeling right now versus like, Hey, you're going to die young because of this, you know, like it's like two totally <laughs> different approaches and both are motivational one out of fear and one out of excitement. And we personally are big believers in the aspirational marketing. So the more like excitement, like casting a vision of what is possible and then being like, we can help you get there versus like, here's doom and gloom and we can like help you avoid it. You know right. what I mean? Well, and I feel like when you use the doom and gloom fear tactic, it, it can work. It, it's not that it can't like, so if like we're talking about those tactics that work, yeah, like people do it, but I think it, I think there's just an energy or like a, like a characteristic around your company when you consistently do that, that people can feel and people yeah. can, can see through and it just feels slimy. It, yeah. Even if it's not like, like, it just feels like, why are they always talking about negative stuff? Like why? Well, I think also like if you're constantly adri- like communicating, like the fear of what could be if they don't do a certain thing or whatever. You're literally like, there's always fear around your company. People are always feeling like that sense of fear versus a sense of excitement and like joy and possibilities and, you know, aspiration. Like you, what you put into your marketing is what people feel around your brand. So that's why we're, we're a big fan of aspirational marketing. 
Well, yeah, it just feels aligned more for us. And I, hopefully it feels more aligned with you because it, it's just nicer to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, uh, this one is one that we've talked about on the show a lot, but it, it, when compiling this list, we couldn't leave it off of it, frankly. Uh, it's be a human, be real and build connection. And uh, you might be like, you've said this before. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I listen this time. <laughs> yeah. Listen this time. So people hate to feel like they're communicating with a corporate robot. That is just a fact. And, and yeah. we disconnect when we feel like someone is being insincere or slimy. <laughs> Go back to what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, but I think we come alive when we're able to connect with fellow human beings who are being real with us, who are sharing their story, who don't feel slimy and who are actually sharing their heart in a way that is real and honest and sincere. People can connect with that all day, every day. And so when you take that characteristic into your business and you're willing to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. and again, like when we say like, be human, be real, this does not mean you have to bear your entire freaking soul in your business. It doesn't mean you have to air your dirty laundry or share every single thing that's ever happened to you. That's been (laughs) hard or traumatic. Like, are you, I would argue, don't do that. Right. Be, be, have tact when you're doing this, but be real and don't shy away from it as a business owner, right? Yeah. Yeah. A tangible example of this is uh, in my initial response to my coaching student inquiries, I tell my potential students a little bit of my own journey with entrepreneurship and how like crazy and hard and rewarding and everything in between it felt. Like it's, it's a very like, it's probably like, four sentences of, Hey, I have been where you are. Here's blah, blah, blah. You know, I have built four companies and I have done everything from blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just a little bit of like, here's a little bit about my story. I then also communicate that if at any point in our coaching sessions, I feel like I am not the right fit for them anymore. I will tell them that I'm not going to continue to take a student's money. If I feel that another coach or another investment, or it's not the right time for them or anything like that is like my goal is to serve them. And so that's one very like small, there's so many different ways you can take this, but this, that's one small example of me, like trying to be a real human and allowing my students or my potential clients or customers to relax and connect with me, knowing that a, wow, she has been where I have been. She is like, she is doing the thing and has like has gone through the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. And I know she's going to get me and where I'm at. And then following that up with, I can trust her because she's a human being who is out for my benefit and who is here to serve me. And if I, you know, show up to two sessions out of our three and she's like, girl, you're on your way. Here's a refund for your last session. You, you've you got this go. Like she's going to take care of me. Like that's just one tiny example that popped into my head of like, you know, you can do this in your whole marketing of like creating a personal brand, but even in tiny, tangible ways like that, like an initial response email where you build that connection and build that trust. I would also just to add on to this tip, like a couple of other notes is don't talk like a robot. Like just because you think you're trying to be professional does not mean you have to use corporate e-language, right? Yeah. Communicate and write in your natural speaking voice. Uh, any email that you send, speak it out loud. Any word on your website or like phrase or like honestly any paragraph, like speak it out loud to make sure it sounds genuinely authentic to you. Like if you say phrases like darn tootin', oh, I don't know who says that, but like, <laughs> if he's like, I do. I was um, say, um, I'll just keep myself quiet right now. <laughs> but like use that and, and make sure that you're your brand voice sounds very similar to how you speak, especially if you are a solopreneur and that's like, you are your brand. Um, and, and like, I'm trying to think like, if you, if when it comes to more like social media or blog posts or or things like that, 
don't be afraid to shy away from sharing the like personal elements of your life or personal interests. Like if you love like, I don't know, cooking or something, or you despise hiking or whatever, like share those things mm-hmm. uh, like in, in a Instagram post or in a blog post, because that, that can give people a reason to connect with you. And it builds that connection, which then differentiates you from the rest of the competitors in your market. And it builds connections so that people like are starting to now value you and working with you based on the connection that they feel and not just the product or the price or anything like that. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so number three now, moving on, is social proof. So social proof is basically the same thing as like reviews or testimonials or case studies. Showing potential customers or clients tangible and relatable examples of results or impact on other customers like them is huge. So tapping in to the psychological effect. I mean, who else, maybe this is just me. I think Lindsay and I have actually talked about this. Who else is like looking at, at something at, I don't know, online restaurants, Yelp, like you're checking reviews, you're checking ratings, you're checking what are people saying? What are their favorite dishes here? If I'm buying something off of Amazon, I am checking reviews. I'm trying to figure out what size to buy. I'm going down to like people's reviews of how it fit. Like there's, people read reviews. We want social proof. Yes. So there's a couple of thoughts with this. One, tapping into numerical results is a great one depending on like your business model. So for example, for me as a as a business coach, you know, having a, a coaching student have a review or or a testimonial or something where there's a numerical result of like I booked five clients after one coaching call with Evie. Like that's fantastic. People love, you know, potential students who are like, I would love to book five clients. Like one coaching call got five clients that's amazing. You know, I'm seeing those results tangibly, numerically. But on top of that, emotional or feeling results are also really great. Like how did they feel working with you? How did this product make them feel? How did it save them time? How emotionally were they affected? Um, So those are just a couple of thoughts on reviews and social proof in general. But that's one thing that you can use when like trying to share or promote a product. Put the results or people's impact with those everywhere. Yeah, I would say like slather them on your website, slather them on your pricing guide, on your social media, on your blog, in your email footer, like literally everywhere. Okay, we get it. (laughs) You get it. You're like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Number four, story brand techniques. Now, in order to explain this, I need you, I just need you, I need you to go read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. We've talked about that a million and one times on this show. We had him as a keynote speaker at our Nashville conference. So like we are big fans of Donald Miller in this household, mm-hmm. <laughs> in this household. Um, but basically the crux of Story Brand is basically taking a normal storyline, like a movie or a book or just, you know, a story and applying that to marketing. Um, bare, bare bones with me real fast. Most businesses place themselves as the hero of their own story. They're like, Hey, buy my product. My product's awesome. Here's how it's life-changing. Here's like, you notice how that language is focusing on entirely on you. Like you are the hero of your own story. Whereas story brand is kind of flipping the script and saying, no, 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 your client is the hero of their own story. And you as a business owner should come alongside them as the guide and, and help them get to where they're wanting to go in life. And that's kind of how that transformational journey of that we were talking about, like in the first beginning of the show of saying like your product or your offer, or your service is the stepping stone from where they are and the pain and the gap between where they want to go. Like your offer alleviates that, that pain or it solves the solution or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, Because if you're relating that to like a a movie, like there's almost every single movie has a main character and then a guide or like a helper or whatever that's helping them get, you know, to where they want to go. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of story brand and a crux, like whatever. And we have to position ourselves as the guide and basically highlighting our ideal client and saying, hey, I see you. I see exactly where you're at. Here's how I can help you get exactly where you want to go because I know where you've been. Or I'm sorry, I know where you want to go because I've been there. Like that's what a hero, so that's what a helper does and how they speak to their ideal client and in, in positioning your like solution yeah. as the gap in between like where they are and where they want to go. If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wit's end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high-quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. (laughs) We created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure. Yes, if you've been searching for a natural, non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that, I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful. Yeah, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primally Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like, Every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible. For 10% off your order, you can use code HEARTANDHUSTLE, that's all caps, no spaces, at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're going to love Primally Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code HEARTANDHUSTLE for 10% off your order today. Yeah. All of your, your sales and marketing copy should be coming from the place of like, I am here to help you. You are the star of the show, not me. Like yeah. that that shift is is big for clients. Also with this tap into storytelling. Like people love stories. Tell your past client stories. Share your own stories of being an entrepreneur. Share stories of being in the season they're in right now. So for example, maybe you're a photographer or or a hair and makeup artist or something um or a wedding planner. Like and you can share the story of you being a newly engaged bride planning your own wedding and and you know your season with that and what you learned and that's going to resonate with your ideal client who's currently in the exact same season too mm-hmm. um and in making your potential customer the the hero you can craft marketing copy that is full of storytelling that positions your product or service as a vehicle to help them get closer to like where they want to be in life mm mm that's so good. It's like, and I'm example, I'm thinking of like, oh, you want luxurious hair for a shampoo company? It's like, our shampoo gives that to you. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know. Or like, like for a photographer, it's like, oh, you want your wedding captured in a beautiful artsy way forever? 
my documentary style photography gives you exactly that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then my commercial voice went on there, but, um, <laughs> or like you want your house to feel like a home. Are you feeling the gap of like, just not feeling like your house is like warm and cozy? Well, my custom made pottery gives you that feeling. Okay. <laughs> I love I it. I can't with my voice right now. Uh, basically, your product or your service is always a vehicle to get your customer closer to where they want to be in their life. Yes. So that was number four, story brand. Number five, position your product or your service based on their its value, not on its price. Mm-hmm. Now, like this is like so in-depth that I'm trying to like simplify it, but you, you want to position like the return on investment for a customer. Like it's in, if we're going back to almost story brand, we're, we're seeing, Hey, here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. And you're basically positioning your product in that gap. And you're saying, what will your life look like? Like, what is the return on investment? If you, once you pay for this offer, this product or service, and how much better will your life be on the other side of it? Um, if that makes sense. Because if we're thinking of business, like any business exchange is literally just exchanging price for value. Is that what I want to say? Yeah. Price for value. Okay. Hold on. Somebody's giving you money to get something else of like equal or more value to the, in their minds back. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I was like blacked out for a second. Okay. (laughs) Basically like what is your customer going to get out of the exchange if they buy? And our job as business owners is to communicate that the value that they're going to get is higher than the price that they have to pay. Like, right? Like that's how you stay in business. And I guess another way to phrase that is like, why is your service or your offer, your product valuable? Like what exactly is going to happen? Um, And you you can relate that back to price, but you can also, I think, relate that in in a variable different ways with with value. An example I want to share is like when we, I think on our sales page for our course, our photography course, the photo major, something that we say, and this is obviously niche for, you know, this course, but it's saying like, Hey, the price of the course is like over $2,000. Right. And one thing that we specifically say is, Hey, you take this course, you apply it to your life. You book one singular wedding client from it. And you've more than paid off most, most likely the course. But if you actually implement this, it's going to change your business and your life and you're going to pay or you're going to get way more than just one wedding client from it. So it's, you're showing like the ROI for the customer of what will happen in their life when they buy this thing. And you're also equating it to something that they can tangibly wrap their hand around, hand, head, whatever, uh, around, which is like, oh yeah, like if I get paid from one wedding, it's this much. And that's basically the price of the course and I'll probably book way more. So if that makes sense, it's like kind of communicating your value more than just your price. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then number six is time sensitive offers. So this one, I guarantee you've noticed and you'll see it's not very uh, sly, but it, there is a reason that it is very popular and it typically works. A sense of urgency or, or like time sensitivity always helps drive purchases. People, we tend to be very, uh, procrastinating human beings a lot of time or, or, uh, very emotional, like instant buyers. It's like one of the two. If yeah. we don't, if we don't have that emotional urge and response where we buy in that moment, we are going to procrastinate that purchase for weeks, months, years. So the reason a lot of of sales and launches of products typically have end like open and close end dates um, is to have a in future to be building a demand for it. So then when it opens, there's a rush for it. But also it's because there's 
it's creating this demand of like, hey, you don't have two years to think about this. You don't have two months to think about this. You have one week. So limited urges really like kind of force people to make decisions within a certain time frame. And if there's no like time limit, it just it's natural that we're like, oh, I'll think about that tomorrow. I'll 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 see check the finances and think if I actually really want to buy that next week. So that's one reason a lot of businesses will stick to the time-sensitive offer model. And it is a sales strategy that often does push people to be like, hey, I know you want to take two months to think about this, but you have two weeks. So sit down and look at it and decide. Yeah. Mm. Because whenever they think like, oh, I'll, I'll think about that tomorrow, like that tomorrow will I mean, turn I'm into that too. a year. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like that's psychology. Like we all, yeah. we all do that, which is why marketing combats that. All right. The last tactic, number seven, uh, this is a personal favorite of mine. I love it, uh, is gamification. So if you're like, I'm sorry, what word just came out of your mouth? Um, <laughs> gamification, like basically gamifying or, or incorporating games or fun elements into your marketing. So people, is no secret, love to have fun. We all love to have fun, right? Uh, and we don't love being sold to over and over and over again by salesy people, right? Like we don't, we, we like to have fun. That's why we watch Netflix. That's why we play games and sports, all the things, right? Um, so how can we add a sense of fun and healthy competition to or, or game into our marketing? And gamification often can look like, you know, giveaways or scavenger hunts or contests or challenges or sweepstakes or anything like that where it encourages your audience or your potential customers or even current customers to kind of gamify like the process of building hype and and basically purchasing with you. Um, mm. so a really great example that we've used recently, uh, is when we launched our tickets to the heart conference in Dallas, uh, this past, um, October, which is this upcoming October 10th through 12th. If you want to come, I don't know when this comes out. So hopefully tickets are still available. I, they probably will be. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> We'll see. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, but when we launched it, what we did was we did a lead up. We launched it in mid October of 2022. And we did like a month long lead up kind of hyping up, uh, and doing a scavenger hunt on trying to figure out the location of where it would be, which obviously it's Dallas. But, um, so like for an entire month, we kind of slyly hinted and started dropping clues for Dallas, Texas. Um, and then officially about two weeks before we like launched the tickets and announced the location and announced the location on the same date, we said, Hey, scavenger hunt is starting. Here's like, get on this email list. If you want to receive the clues to your email, join our Facebook group because we'll drop the clues in there. And then we posted it on our stories and on our feed like every day that a clue was dropped so that there were multiple places. Like we made sure that, you know, you could see it, but also it incorporated kind of this buzz and this energy of, you know, getting together with people and like really coming together and like facilitating community, but also like trying to figure out the clue and helping each other out. So it's, it's gamifying. Like that's creating a game that people love to be a part of and people love challenges. They love to like win certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also said like, hey, you win a v free VIP ticket if you just join our email list to get the clues to your email. Like there's a giveaway. Um, yeah, which is yeah, a giveaway. So we actually incorporated many things in this, but... Um, we want to make it fun. Exactly. We want to make it fun. And I will say to, like wildly, wildly successful launch. Like yeah. that that launch, like basically we were we then announced Dallas on the day that tickets went live and we sold more pre-sale tickets that week than people attended in entirety 
for our first conference. And we which, totally sold out VIP in like a matter of hours. Yes. Yes. So it was very successful. And I think a huge reason for that is we gamified the entire process of trying to figure out where are they coming next? Like, oh, this is so exciting. It builds hype and it builds just a sense of anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than if we would have just given no lead up to it or even a normal non-scavenger hunt lead up that was like, Hey, conference ticket is coming, get hyped. Like we, the fact that we did clues, I think is really kind of what this strategy and tactic is yeah. all about because it's using the gamification to really make something fun. And, yeah. and it's like people did the scavenger hunt, even if they didn't buy a ticket, like people still wanted to have fun and it still gives and serves your audience in a way, even if they're not purchasing. Yes. And I think that's at the end of the day, that is what all of sales is is communicating your value and how it impacts your clients in a way that is aligned to your brand. And so for us, we want things to be fun, to be inspirational, aspirational, um, to be, you know, exciting, to be encouraging, to be real, to be human. Like everything about us as human beings, our, our desires, our hearts, our character paired with, you know, each one of our businesses and what we've built that we want to serve or impact others' lives. Like that is what we are trying to communicate. So that to me, that is the heart of sales is Mm -hmm. how can I communicate the value and the impact that this will have on somebody's life? And how can I make it fun or exciting or inspirational? And that's like the bottom line. Sales do not have to be sleazy. They do not have to be scary. They do not have to be overwhelming. You just make sure what you're doing is aligned with you because if it's not, people will feel that. Like people feel that disconnect. People yeah. feel that like something's off. I don't I I don't think they believe in what they're selling or I don't think they like how they're selling it. Like something's going to feel off. But if everything feels aligned with you, like we had so much fun doing the scavenger hunt leading up to the conference. Like so much fun. Oh, we were thriving. Y'all, guys, I was thriving <laughs> taking photos of freaking tomato can sauce. or whatever, tomato sauce in my pantry and like throwing people off. It was the most fun. And people can tell that. People can tell when it's aligned, when everything feels like it's clicking and they're like, hey, you know, I may not necessarily be in a space to be ready to go to the conference or buy a ticket yet, but I still am having fun and I love what Lindsay and Abby are creating here. So that's always our heart and our goal with our sales strategies and our tactics. And I hope that this list kind of gave you something to chew on, something to think about when it comes to approaching your sales and your marketing on your business as well. Mm, amen. Well, that is all we have for you today. Make sure to leave a review. If you have listened to this show and have loved it, like catch a, catch a bone or throw a girl a bone. Like, uh, <laughs> is, that the right, is that what I'm trying to say? Just leave a review. That would be awesome if you just took two minutes to do that and come join our community, our Heart and Hustle Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at The Heart University. Uh, come into our ecosystem. We would love to have you. We love serving you every single week, twice a week on this show. And we will see you on the next episode.